نحمد من صلى على رسوله الكريم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم جزاك الله خير ما فهان جري السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته my respected members from the Dar es Salaam community wherever you may be in the states i hope that everyone's in the best state of health and iman today we will be carry on our discussion with regards to the basic tenets of faith and today we will be exploring the concept of the day of judgment more specifically the signs of the day of judgment the signs of the day of judgment are those which were indicated by the quran and ahadith <clears throat> and the signs of the day, day of resurrection are things that will happen before the day of judgment actually takes place so as muslims we believe that just like how our individual and personal lives will come to an end similarly the entire world the entire universe and everything in it will also come to an end as well known as the last hour or the great hour in a hadith literature the personal death of every individual is referred to as as-sa'atu as-sughra the lesser hour as-sa'atu as-sughra the lesser hour and the death of the entire universe and everything in it is referred to in quranic and hadith literature as as-sa'atu al-kubra meaning the greater hour <clears throat> these signs of the greater hour of the day of judgment have been divided into lesser and greater signs the lesser signs for the most part will occur a long time before the resurrection actually begins so relatively speaking relatively speaking these lesser signs of the day of judgment will occur long before long before the day of judgment actually happens whereas the major signs which will be the focus of our discussion today will occur relatively closer and just immediately before the day of judgment some of the lesser signs have happened and have ended although they have, may have been repeated from time to time and some of them have already appeared and are still ongoing and some have not yet happened but they will happen as a truthful one meaning the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has informed us of it the major signs are serious matters the appearance of which will indicate the day of resurrection is at hand and that there's only a short time until the great day comes and amongst the lesser signs we will not focus too greatly upon them i'll just gloss over them today i'll gloss over them today in brief just to give everyone an idea of what some of these lesser signs are however if you want a more detailed understanding of these lesser minor signs of the day of judgment there is a book that i will refer you to it's called it's a translation of the original arabic work and it's called the minor resurrection the minor resurrection is the title of the work and it is written by Sheikh Umar Suleiman Al-Ashqar Sheikh Umar Suleiman Al-Ashqar wrote the book The Minor Resurrection you can buy it on Amazon it's published by the International Islamic Publishing House and amongst some of the lesser signs is that the previous nations before the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam meaning the people of Musa the people of Isa the people of Nuh and Ibrahim they were told that amongst the minor signs was the advent of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam meaning the final prophet another minor sign 
was the death of the Prophet Also, as per the prediction of Rasulullah the conquest of Jerusalem by the Muslims was also a lesser sign. And the conquest of Jerusalem took place during the caliphate, during the rule of Umar anhu, who captured the city without much violence. Amongst the minor signs as well is the plague of Amwas. The plague of Amwas was a devastating plague that occurred in the Syrian-Palestinian region during the caliphate of Umar radiallahu anhu, in which 25,000 people perished. And amongst the many eminent Sahaba, many eminent companions of the Prophet perished as well, including Ubaidullah ibn Jarrah and Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu. Also, amongst the lesser signs, the Prophet predicted that wealth will become so widespread amongst the Muslims that there would be no need for charity. So after many years of hardship and opposition and facing oppression at the hands of the enemies of Islam during its nascent period, the Muslims finally gained victory over the Arabian Peninsula. And thereafter, for many years, the Muslims experienced a time of immense economic bliss. So this was predicted by the Prophet ﷺ, and it was stipulated as a minor sign of the Day of Judgment. Amongst the other minor signs was the fitan, the tribulations, the corruption, and the confusion which had occurred during the later years, the final years in the caliphate of Uthman anhu, including his own assassination at the hands of rebels, and also the wars and battles, civil wars that took place during the caliphate of Ali anhu and the ensuing chaos. This was predicted by the Prophet in authentic narration and was categorized as a lesser sign of Qiyamah. Amongst other signs as well were the emergence of false claimants to prophethood, fake prophets. The first of these emerged at the very end of the life of the Prophet During the last days of our Prophet Muhammad before his demise, Muselma, a man by the name of Muselma from the Banu Hanifa tribe, proclaimed his prophethood. But during the Caliphate of Abu Bakr, he was suppressed and defeated alongside his tribesmen. There were many other prophets, uh, false prophets as well, including Aswad al-Ansi. And hence, since then, in the last 1400 years of Islamic history, there have been many false claimants to prophethood. The most recent successful one, uh, one of them uh, is, in my opinion, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani, the leader of the Ahmadiyya religion. He was a person, a fraud, who hailed from India and claimed prophethood. So these are amongst the lesser signs of judgment, the Day of Judgment as well. Amongst other signs is the widespread uh, uh, you know, a phenomena of adultery, fornication, and shamelessness. And this has been occurring in our era on an unprecedented scale. Whereas fornication, adultery, prostitution, shamelessness also existed in previous times, but in the casual manner and the prevalence with which it exists today is unprecedented, right? Society is taught that one night stands is not only something uh, not to be looked down upon, but it's something which is encouraged. Also, another amongst the minor signs is 
that men will dress like women and women will dress like men. Among, in my humble opinion, I think that this refers to the phenomenon of transgenderism that we see today. The prevalence of musical instruments to the extent that people will be carrying musical instruments around with them, right? It will be rampant. And if you really think about it, this makes sense now that we have iPods, we have our phones, etc. So it's, you know, it's basically us carrying music around with us everywhere we go. Also, the spread and prevalence of riba, of usury, of interest. Remember that in medieval times, in ancient times, even though interest did exist in one form or another, but it wasn't as widespread as it is today. The entire economy today is based off of the interest system, interest-based system. Um, in, in, in certain narrations, it's mentioned that Muslims will not even be safe from the smell of usury, meaning it will become so widespread. And today we see that if we want to live in North America, unfortunately, we need car insurance, health insurance, we need to pay off our mortgage. There's no way that a Muslim today can live practically in society and avoid interest. So this was amongst the lesser signs as well. Another interesting lesser sign, uh, according to authentic narrations, is that shepherds will compete in the construction of tall buildings. In fact, it's mentioned that barefooted shepherds will compete with one another in constructing tall buildings. What this means is that a region which was previously inhabited by simple Bedouin shepherds, all of a sudden they will experience such affluence, economic affluence, that they will begin to construct tall buildings. They will begin to compete in architecture. And many ulama today, they say that this lesser sign has taken place in the form of, has manifested in Dubai, in, Abu, in the United Arab Emirates. Just 50, 60 years ago, this was a region which was inhabited by simple Bedouins, but in the decades since, it's advanced technologically and socially to become one of the economic hubs of the world and a place in which um, you know, people are busy in constructing tall buildings. In fact, the tallest structure in the world, I believe, the Burj Khalifa, um, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, exists in Dubai today. So these are amongst the lesser signs of the Day of Judgment. They are numerous. And for the sake of brevity, I haven't well, gone into a detailed discussion with regards to them, but rather have referred you all to a book which you can look into. Now let us delve into the major signs. First of all, what exactly did the why did the Prophet warn us of the major signs? Once a Bedouin came to the Prophet and asked him about the hour, meaning the day of judgment. And the Prophet replied, It will surely come to pass. What have you prepared for it? He asked the Bedouin in return, What have you prepared for the day of judgment? From this hadith, we understand that the Prophet وسلم, did not inform of these unseen events of the Day of Judgment, the signs, for mere entertainment. He didn't explain them to us for the sake of you know, um, you know, have, serving as an interesting story or an interesting pastime, but rather it's there to remind us that our time will come to an end, that everything in this world that we are hankering after, that we are chasing, will one day come to an end, our desires will come to an end, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will present each and every single one of us, each and every single one of us in front of him to render an account before judgment is passed upon us. So anytime we see one of these signs, whether it be the lesser signs or the major signs, the more uh, you know, uh, catastrophic signs, it should serve as a reminder to us for 
the uh, you know the temporary nature of our lives and the truth of this world which is impermanent which is that it will be destroyed by the way amongst the last of the lesser signs is the emergence of imam al-mahdi which i will go into a bit of detail in a few short moments <clears throat> So amongst the major signs, there is one hadith from Bukhari in which Hudayfa radiallahu anhu, he was known as a confidant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was a sahabi in which Rasulullah confided many secrets. And he was the most knowledgeable amongst the companions with regards to the occurrences of the end of times. And he said that Allah's messenger came to us all of a sudden and asked, what are you discussing? And we replied, we are discussing the subject of the last hour, meaning the day of judgment. Thereupon he, meaning the Prophet ﷺ said, it will not come until you see 10 signs. And he made a mention of the smoke, which we will explain what it is. He made a mention of Dajjal, the beast, the rising of the sun from the west, the descent of Isa salam, the emergence of Ya'juj and Ma'juj, in English known as Gog and Magog. Earthquake in three places, one in the east, one in the west, and one in Arabia at the end, of which a fire would birth, burn forth from Yemen and would drive people to the place of their assembly. So these are the major signs. Let's now, the ulama, they say that the Prophet ﷺ did not mention any specific order with regards to these signs. However, from the context, there are certain events that we can hypothesize will occur first. So the first sign, most probably, and this is amongst the lesser signs before the major signs actually start, is the emergence of a man who will be known as Imam al-Mahdi, radiallahu anhu. And who will Imam al-Mahdi be? He will be a man that will be from the lineage of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. According to most narrations, he will be a descendant of Hassan radiallahu anhu. And some narrations claim that he will resemble the Prophet ﷺ. However, other narration claims otherwise. But um, what we do know is that he will definitely be from the line, the bloodline of the Prophet ﷺ. Imam al-Mahdi at the age of 40 will be sought out by the pious and learned scholars. And because of certain signs present on his body and present in his appearance, they will declare him to be the leader of the Muslims. He will unite the Muslims and they will began to gain political, economic, and spiritual dominance in the world once again after years of subjugation. And shortly after the emergence of the Mahdi and, the, uh, and his efforts in uniting the Muslims together, a few years afterwards, another figure will emerge. And he is one of the first sign, major signs of the Day of Judgment. And that is the emergence of the Dajjal, the appearance of the Dajjal. Who is the Dajjal? The, Dajjal has, the, uh, the, the emergence of the Dajjal has been established through multiple ahadith from authentic sources. What we do know is that the Dajjal will be the greatest fitna ever, seen from the time that Allah has created Adam salam until the onset of the Day of Judgment. And this will be because of the power that Allah will permit him to have of working great miracles that will amaze and confuse the people. There are hadith that describe how he will have a paradise and a hell but his paradise will in fact be a hell and his hell will in fact be a paradise, meaning that he will be very deceptive and he will employ illusions to lure or scare the people. He will have rivers of water and mountains of bread and he will command the sky to rain and it will rain and he will command the earth to bring forth its produce 
and it will bring forth its produce for those who obey him. And he will withhold the rain in the lands of those who disobey them, thus subjecting them to drought and poverty. All the treasures of this earth will follow him and he will travel through the great earth uh, with, through the earth at great spree, like how rain is driven by the wind. The Prophet ﷺ taught his ummah to protect themselves from the evil of the fitna of Dajjal, as, as it is reported in the hadith of Abu anhu, in which he says, when any of you pronounces the shahada, let him seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in four things. And let him say that I seek refuge <coughs> from you, from the punishment of hell, from the punishment of the grave, from the trials of life and death, and the evil and the tribulation of the Dajjal. This is a hadith mentioned in Muslim. Regarding the Dajjal, the Prophet ﷺ said that the Dajjal will emerge among my ummah and Allah will send Isa السلام, and he will pursue him and destroy him. The Dajjal will claim to be a prophet in the beginning and then slowly he will claim divinity. The main bulk of his followers will be from amongst the Jews. The Jews are still awaiting their Messiah. They're waiting this mysterious figure that's supposed to come and become their king. It was supposed to be Isa السلام, But when Allah sent Isa السلام, the rightful king of the Jews, they rejected him and Hence, they are still waiting for the king and the Dajjal will falsely came, claim this position and become their king. The Dajjal will be blind in one eye, right? His eye, one eye will be defective and the other eye will be hanging like a bulging grape. Many people think that the Dajjal will look like a cyclops. That's not true. The Dajjal is not, he does not look like a cyclops. He's not one-eyed in the sense that he only has one eye socket. He will have two eye sockets. One eye will be completely defective and blind blind and the other eye in which he can see will be bulging and the Dajjal it's mentioned that Kufr will clearly be written on his forehead meaning the letters Kaf, Fa, Ra corresponding to K-F-R Kufr meaning infidelity meaning blasphemy or meaning to be a non-Muslim now some ulama have interpreted this to mean that what this means because the hadith mentions that even blind believers will be able to see the Kufr written on his forehead some ulama have interpreted this to me, meaning that he will be such an open, flagrant, blatant kafir, non-Muslim, that any believing Muslim who believes in la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah will be able to detect the deception and the kufr of Dajjal. So the Dajjal will then unite the forces of the Jews and those who follow them, and he will wage war against the Mahdi and beat the Muslims into retreat after they had already experienced some victories for the last few years. Now, when in order to find protection from the Dajjal, Rasulullah has advised us to memorize and recite Surah Kahf. Whoever memorizes the opening 10 verses of Surah Kahf will be protected from the fitna of Dajjal, mentioned in Hadith of Muslim. And if Dajjal appears before you, recite the last 10 verses of Surah Kahf because they will protect you from this fitna. In other narrations, it mentions Surah Kahf in general. The best thing to do is to recite Surah Kahf every Thursday, or, or sorry, every Friday, and uh, to recite it from beginning to end, if possible. If that's not possible, then at least make a habit of reciting the first 10 verses and the last 10 verses. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect us from the fitna of Dajjal. Also by making dua, like the dua that I mentioned from Muslims, in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us to seek refuge in four things. Amongst them, seek refuge from the Dajjal, as well as living in Mecca and Medina. It's mentioned that the fitna of Dajjal will be 
spread worldwide in every single city, nook, and corner, except in the holy city of Medina and Mecca, in which angels will be guarding every single road and gate to those two holy cities. So if you happen to be in Medina, Mecca at that time, and you hear of the emergence of the Jah, stay where you are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you because of the barakah of that city. Now, what the Dajjal will subject the Muslims to horrific tribulations and trials. Finally, Allah will send Isa alayhi salam, and Isa alayhi salam will come and he will descend from the skies. Because our belief is that Isa alayhi salam, the Prophet Jesus, is still alive, that they failed to kill him. He was not crucified, but he was taken up into the heavens, and he is residing somewhere there. And at the appointed time, Allah will send Isa alayhi salam to descend while his arms are flanked by two angels he will descend at the city of damascus in syria at a masjid and he will then be led by the muslims to the place where the jal had besieged imam al-mahdi and his muslim army in a fort at that time imam al-mahdi will make preparations for a final all-out battle to the death and while the muslims were preparing for this battle they engaged in salah they call out the adhan and while the Aqama is being called, a caller will call out and say that Masih, the Messiah, Isa has returned. And then Imam Al-Mahdi will make way for Isa and he will offer him to lead the prayers, the lead the Jama'ah of the Muslims in prayers, to which Isa will decline, hence symbolizing that he accepts the caliphate, he accepts the Khilafah, the leadership of Imam Al-Mahdi. After which Isa after the Salah, he will order that the gates of the fort be opened. He will seek out the Dajjal. When the Dajjal hears the news of the descent of Isa alayhi salam, he will, begin to, he will begin to flee. And the Ahadith uh, mentioned that he will begin to dissolve like how salt dissolves in water. Finally, Isa alayhi salam will, will corner the Dajjal in a gate in Palestine called Babi Lud, called the Gate of Lud, and he will kill him using his own weapon. After the Dajjal, Dajjal is killed, it will send his forces and his supporters reeling, after which the Muslims will gain victory. Isa -Salam will then take leadership of the Muslims. Imam al-Mahdi will pass away after a short while, and the Muslims will now be subject to a new trial, a new tribulation. And that is the emergence of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Who are the Ya'juj and Ma'juj? The Ya'juj and Ma'juj in the Quran and Surah Kahf is described as being two barbaric tribes. There was once a king by the name of Dhul Qarnayn. He was a righteous king and during one of his campaigns in ancient times, he came across a destitute people who complained to the great and righteous king that, O oh, king, these two tribes of Ya'juj and Ma'juj, they pillage, loot our, our towns and they carry off our women. Can you please offer us protection against these two tribes? Then Dhul Qarnayn, he assembled his army and employed them to build a big copper metal wall. And he filled the two mountains between them so as to keep the Ya'juj and Ma'juj out. Now, Rasulullah said that the Ya'juj and Ma'juj, their descendants, will one day emerge and they will burst forth. And even though previously they were not able to conquer the world, they will now be given permission by Allah to be able to run free amongst the world in order to wreak havoc. And Isa at that time will command the Muslims to seek refuge in the highest mountains and, and, and highest plains in their respective cities. Isa will lead a jama'ah of Muslims himself and he will appoint a leader in each and every city and they will flee to the mountains. 
to hide from the Ya'juj and Ma'juj. The Muslims will insist on fighting the Ya'juj and Ma'juj because they are confident after having defeated the Dajjal. But Isa will inform them that the Ya'juj and Ma'juj cannot be conquered. Allah has willed that you flee. And the Muslims will remain in hiding for a number of days. And because the Ya'juj and Ma'juj are wreaking havoc amongst the earth, any other inhabitant, non-Muslim of the earth who are, remain after the wars with Dajjal will be consumed and be killed by the Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Then the Muslims who are suffering now from economic hardship because they're completely cut off from any sort of resource or supplies will make a request to Isa to make dua to Allah. And Isa will make dua to Allah to remove the Ya'juj and Ma'juj who will then, uh, in response to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send a parasite on the neck of the Ya'juj and Ma'juj that will kill them. And every single member from the Ajuj and Ma'juj tribes will, uh, will die. And thereafter, the Muslims will descend from their hiding places, from the mountains. And they will find that not a single hand span of space is free from the rotting stench of the decaying corpses of the Ajuj and Ma'juj. And they will ask Isa to make dua again. Thereafter, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send birds with long necks, birds which will never seen before. And they will carry away the bodies of the Ya'juj and Ma'juj and dispose of them in an unknown place. And then Allah will send this miraculous rain which will clean the earth and make it shine like a mirror. Thereafter, a golden era will start under the rule of Isa alayhi salam in which he will rule for 40 years. He will get married and have children. And so much peace will ensue in the world at that time that the wolves will graze with the sheep that children will put their fingers in the mouth of snakes and they will not bite. There will be so much barakah and blessings and abundance and wealth that a single pomegranate will serve as a shade for a large number of people. And the milk of one goat will suffice for an entire tribe. So much wealth will be available that people will not want it anymore. And the jizya will be lifted, meaning the taxation, which is normally put on non-Muslims in an Islamic state, will no longer uh, uh, be levied on them because there are no more non-Muslims. Every non-Muslim that remains will either be killed by Ya'juj and Ma'juj or they will willingly accept Islam. Then Isa will pass away like a normal human being and he will be succeeded by a line of righteous kings where, which after corruption will slowly seep, or spread, seep back into the world once again. And finally, the corruption will spread so much that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then send Dabbatul Ard. Dabbatul Ard is called the beast. He will be this mysterious beast who will have the torso of a human being, the legs of a bull, and the neck of a camel. And he will have the staff of Musa salam and the ring of Sulaiman salam. He will traverse the entire world and he will stamp the faces of the non believers and the sinners with the ring of Sulaiman salam and their faces will darken and they'll be bereft of any light. And he will take the staff of Musa السلام, and he will gently touch the faces of the believers and their faces will brighten up. Hence, from this point on, it will be clearly visible who is a Muslim and who is a non-Muslim, who is righteous, who is not righteous. After that, the Dabbat al-Ard will disappear. Another sign of Qiyamah will take place. What will happen is the sun will not rise for three days to the alarm and the dismay of the people. After three days of darkness where there is no sun the sun will finally rise and to the horror of the people it will not rise from its normal place but rather rise from the west and as it rises from the west it will be of a very dull color not the glorious 
radiant sun that we're used to, but a very dull orange tinge that will come to the midway, you know, midday in the middle of the sky, and it will set back as, as, in the west as usual. The Rasulullah said that this will be a sign from Allah that the door of doors of repentance have closed. That whoever is a sinner will remain a sinner, the sins will no longer be forgiven, and whoever is a believer will remain a believer. Finally, a breeze will come that will, you know, a mysterious breeze will come that will touch the just below the armpits of all the Muslims, and they will pass away, and thus the world will now be completely inhabited by non-Muslims and the most wretched amongst them at that. Finally, the Kaaba will even be destroyed by an army from Ethiopia who will be the superpower of that time. And amongst these most wretched people, Allah will then commence the day of judgment. Israfil السلام, the angel that we went over last time, he will be commanded to do his duty. He will blow the trumpet. And some narration has mentioned that the trumpet will begin, will begin to sound in a very pleasant sound. And the people, the inhabitants of earth, will hear this slow sound emerging from all directions. And as the day progresses, this sound will become more intense until people's hearts start exploding and they all start passing away. And finally, the sound gets so great that it throws everything into disarray. The earth, the moon, the star, the sun, sun everything is thrown up into disarray. Even the mountains will fly like cotton and the entire world will be brought to an end. Angels, jinns, and humans Everything will be brought to an end. Everything will die, and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain. Even Israfil will die. And then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will recommence creation. He will create Israfil tell him to blow the trumpet for a second time, and all of the angels, jinn, and mankind, even animals, will be resurrected. And the men, the, the humans, and the jinns in particular will now be brought in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to render an account of all that they have done throughout this world. Now the details of this day of judgment, we will go into uh, uh, further explanations in the future. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Junaid, are there any questions? Okay, I got one question here. Um, how long will the day of judgment be? According to some narrations, one day in the Day of Judgment will be 50,000 years. So the Day of Judgment itself will be 50,000 years long. Um, but for some people, the Day of Judgment will pass very quickly. And for others, it will go by very slowly, depending on whether the person was uh, disobedient to Allah or not. But um, we'll, we'll go into more detail with regards to the Day of Judgment, inshallah. Will, the, will Imam al-Mahdi be an Arab? Well, he will be a descendant of the Prophet so definitely he'll have Arab blood. But by this time, will he be from an ethnic group? The hadith, according to my understanding, does not specify that. Um, okay, any more questions? <clears throat> okay, Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.